Has Cooper Hummel secured a spot on Seattle's roster? And which Mariner is most likely to regress in 2023? We'll answer all that and more on tonight's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, March 13th, 2023. This is Tidying Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. It is Mailbag Monday, the show where we answer your Mariners questions. And just a heads up, for those that entered our Mariners ticket giveaway last week, we'll be announcing the winner on tomorrow's episode. So look forward to that. And now, Colby, we're recording a little bit later than we usually do. Do you want to tell the folks why that is and how that's probably going to continue here for the next week? Yeah, I'm in Arizona. That's that's how that is. Um, down here for spring training, we got in on Friday evening, so leaving on Friday morning. So, uh, yeah, been going to some spring training games. Uh, be heading to a World Baseball Classic game tonight, kind of get a feel for how that's going. Uh, yeah, so, you know, schedule's a little weird. They start the games at 1. We usually record at noon. Ty doesn't wear the pants in his relationship, so he can't get his recording studio. <laughs> uh, but, uh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But no, it's it just it's a bad schedule right now. And, and uh, you know, obviously, again, I'm down here till Friday. Wednesday's probably going to be fairly normal, but I would guess tomorrow is going to come out late afternoon as well. Yeah, look, she makes more money than I do, man. What do you what do you want me to do? She could do so much better. <laughs> I mean, true. <laughs> All right, let's get into the questions. Uh, the first one comes from Milkshake. Which Mariners player would you say is the most likely to somewhat regress next year? And who other than Julio can the Mariners least afford less production from? So a little bit of a two part question here. Um, there's a couple of names that, that come to mind thinking about who is most likely to regress at least a little bit this year. Eugenio Suarez is someone that I go to a little bit, and I love Gino. Don't get me wrong here, um, and I don't think that he'll be bad. I don't think he'll regress to what he was, you know, the last couple of years before this past season. Uh, but I think, given you know his struggles over those last couple of years, that should suggest that maybe this past year was a little bit of an outlier for him. But I still think that he could be a, a one fifteen WRC plus guy, maybe not a one thirty plus WRC plus guy like he was this past year, but. Uh, yeah, I, I and I think that qualifies as like a little bit of a, regress, a regression, but overall, I think he's still going to be a valuable player for this team. Maybe regresses a little bit defensively as well because he was pretty dang good there on the hot corner this past year. Um, anyone else come to mind for you on on that front of the question? No, I think it's probably Gino. Um, I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff or anything, but I kind of doubt he's a four win player again. Uh, mm. I think he's probably going to be closer to a three win guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, he should still be a solid player. Uh, but obviously, you know, you drop a, a win off of the war. I, I would say that counts as uh regression. So I think right. Gino's probably, and Gino's also one of the older guys on this team, which is weird to say, because mm. I think he's only 30. So, but right. he is one, of, he is on the older side when you look at this ball club. So I, I think Gino's kind of the, the prime candidate there. 
So who can the Mariners least afford regression from? I mean, there, there's quite a few names. I mean, Gino is obviously one of them because he's kind of part of the whole driving force of your offense here. Um, but yeah, outside of Julio, I would I would say Teoscar, Teoscar yeah. Hernandez, because you put really almost all of your eggs into Teoscar's basket this offseason. He's your biggest you know, offseason addition. He's supposed to elevate your offense in a major way. And if he doesn't, if you essentially mm-hmm. just get mitch hanniger level production out of him maybe a few more games played hopefully fingers crossed <laughs> but if that's essentially what you get i would think that's a little bit disappointing considering what Teoscar can be um, yeah anyone else i think it's teo just because you know the mariners lineup is kind of built on these two big bats at the top and teo and julio uh and then around them are a bunch of you know good hitters but not elite type of bats they don't have that third guy they're really kind of relying on ty france taking another half step forward they're counting on cal raleigh to take a half step forward mm-hmm. they're counting on colton wong to kind of you know be in the range of what he was last year uh they don't have that guy so unless you know jared Kellnick's going to hit 280 350 500 they really don't have that like third complimentary or third like star in the northern lineup they have a lot of complimentary guys but if you know Teo is you know kind of just okay, mm-hmm. and you're definitely going to need to go out and get another bat at the deadline. And when you kind of look at what the free agent market looks like, um, anybody with any kind of rental or any anybody with any kind of club control uh, is going to be extremely expensive. So mm-hmm. uh, you really need Teo to to have a really good year, um, if you, especially if you're going to catch somebody like the Astros. Yeah, you need Teoscar Hernandez to be at least a 125 WRC plus guy this year. And yeah. if he's not, if he's more like 110, 115, somewhere in that range, it's not necessarily a failure, but it's it's a major disappointment. You're, you're putting a lot of pressure on Cal and Jared, yeah. um, you know, Ty France. You're really putting a lot of pressure on those guys to kind of outperform what we think they can do. Um, and they might do it. Like there's a way where it works out fine, but if Teo's not hitting, then yeah, it's going to fall on those guys who, you know, there's some question marks about how much those guys have left in the tank. So uh, I, I think it's Teo probably because like, even if it's like Cal Raleigh, right. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom Murphy, you feel pretty good about. Uh, so I, I think it's Teo because you just really don't have the outfield depth or the, the lineup depth to get a subpar season out of that guy. Next question here comes from Mariners Apologists. We've been considered to be a Mariners Apologist from time to time, according to Twitter.com. Uh, Mariners Apologist asks, were you surprised at how little run Isaiah Campbell and Taylor Dollard got in spring training before getting option? Can we learn anything about high, how high slash low the team is on a player based off their spring training appearances so another kind of a two-parter question here uh to answer the first part of your question dollard not so much campbell a little bit yeah because i mean we we talked about campbell i even i I think i made this statement on this show maybe it was our patreon show patreon.com forward slash control the zone folks check it out uh that i thought that campbell was going to be a a pretty big part of this bullpen by season then you know where we look back on things um to not really see him uh, get a ton of run here was a little bit surprising and then to be option now he can still appear in some games they can still bring him over if they need bodies if they need arms uh in camp mm-hmm. um so 
we still might see him uh, here before the end of March. But yeah, this was a little bit surprising. But the thing that you also have to keep in mind here is that Campbell is still not too far removed from a pretty serious injury. Uh, he hasn't thrown that many innings since returning overall. Um, so, you know, he's definitely a guy that, that does need more time down in the minors. Um, and I'm still pretty high on him and, you know, making an impact, uh, with this bullpen at some point, uh, this season, but maybe not as quick as maybe I, I once thought. Um, but yeah, as for Dollar, no, not, not really surprised whatsoever because he wasn't, I mean, Jerry DePoto himself didn't, you know, said that he didn't foresee him factoring into a competition here for the rotation. So really what's the point at the end of the day? Right. You know, you put him down there, you get, let him work on some things and bullpens and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, he's probably like what eighth in line for starts at this point. Um, you obviously have your six and then you have Bryce Miller is clearly ahead of him. So, uh, that would be make him eight. You, you don't really need that guy. So, uh, up in your camps, just get him down there, let him get some innings. You know, there might be something that they're working on specifically. Um, and then Campbell, I think it became, pretty clear pretty quick that they just they're not ready to uh include him in the in the bullpen competition doesn't mean it won't happen it just means it's not going to happen in march yeah Yeah. uh in terms of the second part of your question uh, and no not really especially not in in this particular case um it's more so that you know if you see an early um optioning like this it's more just an indication that, hey, we don't think this guy is ready, and it's essentially a foregone conclusion that he's not going to break camp with the team. Let's just okay. get him in a minor league camp. Let's get him ready for the season down there. Let's get him mm-hmm. with the guys that he's going to be around, the coaches that he's going to be around, and that's that's really what that's about at the end of the day. Yeah, you're, you're just kind of giving more opportunities to the guys you think have a chance to make your team uh, because we're getting to that point of spring where guys need to go, you know, mm-hmm. five, six innings. The starters have to go five and six innings. You want the relievers to – you know, get the last two outs of an inning and then go out back and get a third out uh, in the seventh or whatever. So we're getting to that point and the opportunities for these, you know, I don't want to say fringe guys, but for these type of players to get into games is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller, especially once the guys from the WBC get back as well. Right. All right. More questions on the way here in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked on Mariners is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free create a free job post in minutes on linkedin jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire it's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors linkedin jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on mlb that's linkedin.com slash locked on mlb to post your job for free terms and conditions apply and you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. 
you're not making us your first listen. Let's just be real about it. All right, let's get into these questions. Uh, <laughs> Julio Eyes says Cooper Hummel seems to be a lock for the final roster spot, assuming Demo and Swags are healthy. Who else could take that last spot from him who's already at Mariners spring training or who could the Mariners target in a trade? And he mentions Chris Flexen as being the Mariners most likely trade trip. I agree with that. Uh, so starting with the first part here, Cooper Hummel. Yeah. Uh, he seems to have locked in his spot on this roster. Still a lot of time in spring, but this mm -hmm. guy keeps on hitting and the competition for that final roster spot or the final two roster spots on the Mariners bench, depending on how you feel about the rest of the roster um, is thinning. Cade Marlowe suffered an oblique injury. We're going to be talking about him a little bit later on. So he's out now. Tommy LaStella's finally return hasn't looked great since returning. Did have a, a, a double in the gap today. Um, but overall, there's still questions about his health. So who knows on that front? Um, Colin Moran hasn't looked particularly great, especially as of late. Uh, Cole Calhoun's had a good spring, but he's a non-roster invite. You don't necessarily need to force him onto your roster right now. Obviously, we don't know what his agreement is. Maybe he has an opt-out if he doesn't make the club out of spring. But yeah, there aren't uh, a lot of players that come to mind here that make more sense for this roster than, than Cooper Hummel right now, especially if he's able to catch a little bit and then provide some value or not really provide some value, but just be able to stand at a couple of other positions and, and just help out there if need be, just to allow for some positional flexibility some lineup flexibility uh but this guy he, he keeps on hitting he had a triple today right in front of your very own eyes so what do you think about hummel who's been very impressive over the last week yeah he's gonna kind of win it by default um you know just the other guys who we thought maybe had a shot at this last roster spot they're dropping like flies and not only is hummel producing uh which doesn't really go into how the mariners plant like they're not Cooper Hummel's not making this roster because he's hitting 550, right? No. He's gonna he's making this roster because the Mariners like the swing, they like the process, they like the flexibility, they think he can play a couple positions for them. That's why he's gonna make this roster. But also because yeah, Cade Marlowe's out for the next you know six to eight weeks, and Taylor Trammell's out for the next six to eight weeks, and you kind of look around and you know Tommy Listella maybe makes the roster, maybe doesn't, but with Murphy, Haggerty, Moore already on the bench and. Pollock going to play a lot, uh, then that kind of leaves one bench spot open or DH spot open, so to speak. And, and you kind of go down the list and, and who makes the most sense right now it's Cooper Hummel. So, uh, yeah, I think Hummel's probably going to be on this team unless they go out and acquire somebody. Mm. Um, but I think he's probably going to be on this team. I think he'll get a little bit of run early in the year, uh, mostly as, you know, left field DH type, uh, and then they'll see where they're at with him. Uh, obviously, right. they liked him when they acquired him, and we've looked at his minor league numbers. We know that he's he's done everything there is to do at the minor league level. He needs an opportunity. Uh, maybe the Mariners give it to him, um, and you know, maybe he's the next Mitch Haniger, or maybe he's the next Jake Bowers. <sighs> R.I.P. Bowers Rangers, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're I think they're going to give him a shot to see because there's just not a lot of other options. And if he doesn't produce, then I think we'll see you know Tremel or or Marlowe once they're back and healthy and, and, you know, able to produce. 
Next question here comes from Felicia. Why haven't the Mariners signed Jerks and Profar since Tommy LaStella obviously isn't working out? Colby, this is something that we've talked about a couple times on our Patreon show. Again, patreon.com forward slash control the zone. Funny how that works out. Um, Profar, I, I'm confused about why Profar is not on a major league team right now. It's not a health issue. He was just playing for the Netherlands and the WBC. So... Right. That's not the problem here. He's coming off of a two-win season, and obviously he's had a very inconsistent track record where one year he's good, one year he's god-awful. He's almost unplayable, essentially. So I, I'm sure there's a bit of hesitancy there with, with teams, and there's a certain number that teams feel comfortable signing him at, and maybe he's just exceeded that. And let's keep in mind here, folks, we have to mention it. Scott Boris is his agent. So he's going to hang on and fight tooth and nail to the very end here for his guy to get him the best possible contract here. But I don't know, man. I feel like Profar waiting it out this long is just hurting himself in the end, is likely only going to land a one-year deal. And then after having a late start to the spring, he's really only played in the WBC and, and practiced within you know the Netherlands camp, and that's about it. Uh, he's. It's possible that he gets off to a slow start in his start here, and then if he's on a one-year deal, that's going to impact his market next year. That's going to impact his ability to land a long-term deal next year. So I don't know why he hasn't signed, and that to me is a little bit of a red flag in terms of the Mariners pursuing him for me. So, um, to answer your question, I don't know. <laughs> this is a this is a mystery that Colby and I have tried to solve over the last couple of weeks on our show, and we just can't really figure it out other than he's just asking for too much money. But we don't know if that's actually it. We have no clue what's going on there. Yeah, it feels like it has to be that he either wants multiple years or he wants, you know, eight to ten million dollars or uh, that he wants some kind of guarantee of, of regular playing time and the Mariners, they can't really offer that. I mean, they could offer the eight to 10 million, but you know, if he can't play five times, six times a week, uh, all season, then he might not be interested in that. And, you know, it's yeah. also possible the Mariners just don't like jerks and profile. I mean, we're not talking about like a no brainer. This guy should start on every single team, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about, you know, a pretty good player, but by no means somebody that you have to have on your roster. So maybe they just don't like jerks and profile maybe that's part of it and his versatility is a little overstated he's only played you know aside from first base he's only played a couple hundred innings in the infield over the last three or four years uh, combined so he's really just a left fielder without much power um and you know kind of average on base skills and average hit tools so you know maybe they can't offer him that because they want to wait and see what jared kelnick's going to do uh which is totally reasonable so right I don't know why he's not here, um, but I do know the fact that nobody else seems to, you know, want him right now probably speaks to the fact that he wants multiple years or he wants a really high guarantee or he wants like 600 plate appearance promise or something like that. And and he's just, unfortunately, you know, there seems to be one guy every year who misreads the market and, and this year was pro far in his agent. Yeah. And let's just be you know honest about it. Let's be upfront here. Let's just cut through the BS. Um, Profar is the obvious fit here, but the Mariners have, when have the Mariners and Jerry DePoto ever done the obvious thing, right? I mean, like Luis Castillo, sure, yeah. But like overall here, like in terms of just like, oh yeah, you could just go out and sign this guy. He's like the last remaining good free agent, really. 
at the end of the day. Well, just go sign him. He fits, right? On paper, yeah. But if the Mariners, again, let's be real here. If the Mariners are going to add someone from the outside between now and opening day, it's going to be via trade. It's Jerry DePoto, folks. You can guarantee that it's going to be mm-hmm. via trade. And to answer the second part of the last question, which we skipped, that trade will be Max Kepler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot to answer that part. But yeah, Max Kepler, uh, especially with the the Marlowe injury and the Trammell injury, like go get yourself an outfielder. Go get yourself a good outfielder. And you can still play Jared Kelnick all you want. You can mm-hmm. have an outfield of Jared Kelnick, Julio Rodriguez, Max Kepler, which quite honestly might be the best defensive outfield in all of baseball. It's, it's given the Cardinals a run for their money, that's for sure. And then you have Teo DH primarily and mm-hmm. you can rotate it's, the other outfielders through the DH spot. It yep. works. It can work. Yep. All right, we got a few more questions to go over here in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder uh, that this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. The Built March Madness Bracket is here, and we know you have a favorite bar or puff, so now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be automatically entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to their door. You got to try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. And what makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they are all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your, I don't know, come up with a number. Let us know in, in the comments below what uh, this what number this listen is for you during your day here because it certainly isn't your first here on Monday. All right. <laughs> Next question comes from Roshan Bratt. If you could add one 2010s Mariner to the current Mariner team, who would it be? Who? I like this question a lot. This one is fun. Um, Nelson Cruz. Yeah, 2015 Nelson Cruz is a really good answer. Plus, that DH is wide open on this roster. You put 2015 Nelson Cruz World Series, World Series. Like the temp- the temptation might be to say Felix, and I don't think that's a bad answer. But you look at the Mariners' rotation right now, and it's like, do I get like a specific year? Do I get like 2014 Felix, or do I get Felix in the totality of the 2010s? Because the last three years mm-hmm. were were god awful. Whereas Cruz was still really good all throughout the 2010s. So. I think the biggest need is a bat. You really need that middle of the order, just like crushing bat. And, and, you know, Mariners, Nelson Cruz was one of the best right-handed hitters I ever watched on a daily basis. So I'd probably go Nelly. May I pose two alternatives? You may not. Next question. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. 2014 and 2016 Robinson Cano. I feel fine about Wong. I mean, yeah, but you could also DH Cano. If you want, I mean, or, I feel like you should answer in the spirit of the question, which is, you know, is Cano going to be okay DHing in his prime? Really? Let's let's just talk about the numbers here: two ninety eight, three fifty, five thirty three. He was almost a seven win player in twenty sixteen. Man, yeah, fine. If he's on the DH, cool because he, he's a lefty he could, bat, and he could also play some defense. 
at the time, right? Like, you know like, That can be valuable. I'm changing my valuable. answer. Kyle okay. Seeger. <laughs> oh, wow. That's quite the 2016 Kyle Seeger. Uh, 2014 Cano as well. His first year in Seattle, 314, 382, 454, 137 mm-hmm. WRC plus. That was a 5.6 F4 season for Cano. Dude was really good. It was really good. If we want to bend the rules and say that we could put guys anywhere we want, then I guess Cano probably has a pretty good, you know, pretty Cano, good case. Cano plays some second. He DHs. Colton can, you know. Because if there's one thing we know about Robinson Cano, he was thrilled to change positions in 2018 when the team needed him to. Thrilled. <laughs> okay. You, you wouldn't you wouldn't move off of Colton Wong for prime Robinson Cano? For seven-win no. Robinson Cano? I, I think Colton Wong's going to put up seven wins this year, so <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about that. Clip, clip that. Clip that, Mariners <laughs> Mojo. <laughs> uh-huh. Just you wait. Just you wait. It's going to be right. really awkward for you when Colton Wong's starting the all-star game this year. All right. All right. We can hey, make you, it happen, guys. Stuff the ballot box. I, I guess we're already starting the bold prediction episode. <laughs> uh, Kevin here wants to know, uh, Haggerty had a significant impact creating pressure on the base pass. Do you see the Mariners using him at multiple positions to get him in the lineup consistently? I don't think that he's going to get in the lineup consistently unless injuries happen. He's the 25th, 26th guy on the roster. Or, you know, he's the fourth guy on on the bench Um, why do you want him in the lineup consistently yeah i mean we're gonna see him against lefties you know because yeah uh and but i i think really when you know i think we'll see him probably three four times a week but mostly as a late game you know sub uh either you you know either pinch running maybe defensive substitution etc but i think he probably only starts once a week with the, with the way things are currently constructed. I think, you know, if he's getting more than 50 starts, based on what we've seen so far, I, I think something's gone pretty wrong. Um, he's just not that guy. He's pretty good against lefties, didn't hit righties at all. There's not a lot of power. Um, he's not like an elite left fielder or anything like that. He's serviceable out there. He still takes some bad reads, which not entirely his fault. He's, you know, a natural infielder, but he also, you know, Really doesn't play shortstop. The Mariners clearly don't trust him to play shortstop. He plays mostly second uh, and, you know, in left or right in a corner. He doesn't have the power to profile there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think he'll get some run, and, and obviously they'll they'll use him off the bench. Um, but he should yeah. not be starting every day, and, and really you should limit his starts as much as you can to, you know, specific matchups against left-handed pitching. And thankfully in the ALS, there is a lot of left-handed pitching, so – you should yeah. still get some run, but you should not be trying to get Haggerty into the lineup with any consistency. Yeah, I've and l- defended I've defended Haggerty a lot, you know, and I've defended I def- I've defended Haggerty's spot on this roster if I could speak English. Um, but also, like, I, I do think that people get a little bit hung up on Haggerty during the win streak, the player that he was during the win streak, and a little bit after that, you know, yeah, uh, and think that's just who he is. It's not. I think he's a good player that can help, you know. Uh, I think he's a good player to, to, you know, be the the fourth guy on your bench uh, and help, you know, late in games and start here and there. But that's about it. That's the extent of what I want Sam Harrity's role to be on a contending team, on a team that should have World Series aspirations. Because there is a role for Sam Harrity there, but it's a small one, Yeah, you know. Harrity could start for a couple of teams in the league right now, sure. But, 
you know, the point is that you're you're supposed to be a, a top ten team could in he? the league, and yeah, he could. Yeah, yeah. Could have you looked? Have could you he? have you have you looked at the Washington Nationals? <laughs> you looked yeah. at the Pittsburgh Pirates. Have you looked at the Oakland Athletics? We just did. Um, excuse me. The Pittsburgh Pirates have a very nice infield. So I'm not saying that he needs to play infield for them, but he does. Yeah. If he's playing every day, he does. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say though is that he's a good player to still have on a uh, on the back end of your roster. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're a if you're a team that has the ceiling that I think you know that I think we all think the Mariners have uh, heading into this year. All right. Uh, let's go to Daisy and the Dingo here, who says, "Would you be disappointed if the Mariners traded Chris Flexen to fill gaps in their farm system, like an infielder at the Double A ish level, rather than trading for major league pieces?" This is very ambiguous. <laughs> like, what? What is, kind of is the guy at the Double A level, Jake Shiner? Then yes, I would be upset. Yeah, uh, is the guy at the Double A level? Vidal Bruhan, then no, I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah, it's not yeah. gonna be that guy, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's a little ambiguous. Yeah, it de- it very much depends on is this actually more than just a filler, minor league filler? Like is it actually someone that I could legitimately see get on a path to the big leagues and help me out at the major league level or become a valuable trade asset, you know? Right. If not, why are you trading Chris Flexen for that? Yeah. Like there's no point in doing that. You don't have to trade Chris Flexen. Yeah. You don't like, I, I know a lot of teams like, Oh, the Mets just lost. So-and-so the Yankees just lost. So-and-so trade them Flexen, trade them Flexen. Like you don't have to, you yeah. just use Flexen out of the bullpen. You know, you can, you can do that until the right deal comes. You shouldn't force a deal for Chris yeah. Flexen. So if the guy, if you don't think you're acquiring a guy who can help you in 2023, or at the very latest, 2024, and I mean legitimately help you, not just like off the bench, then just keep Chris Flexen. Yeah. And like if they and if they were to do that, if they were to trade for just a you know, flexing for just a Jake Shiner type, I question the motives of that deal. Are you literally just trying to get the eight million dollars off of your books? Like why? That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Unless unless you're gonna turn around and spend that eight million just like that. Like yeah. But who are you yeah. gonna spend the eight million on? I mean, like, I, I, it would be easier to swallow if if they did that, but they had also added a starter reliever, you know, combo type. But, maybe, maybe they trade Isaiah Campbell and Taylor Dollard for Max Kepler, and then they flip Flex in for Jake Shiner, right? And then it's like, and I just pulled those names out. I don't think it would cost that much, but maybe, I don't know. But, you know, just you added nine, but then you subtract eight. It's not that big of a deal. And again, as much as you don't like to play that game, Jerry does because Jerry doesn't set the budget. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. But I, I'm not trading him for or depth. Like yeah, if no. I'm trading for a prospect, I think it has to be an impact one. And I don't think you can get an impact prospect for Chris Flexen. So, yeah, kind of answers the question. Yeah, or at least someone that has the path to be in an impact prospect. Maybe they aren't necessarily that just yet, but they have the the ceiling to be. Perlander Barroa. Yeah, that's yeah, that's about as low as I would Matt aim. Brash. Yeah, that's about as low as I would aim on a flexing deal yeah. because again, it's just like flexing actually has a role if you want if you want them to have one. 
uh, he can help. And look, your rotation, you know, knock on wood here, I hope that it stays as remarkably healthy as it did last year, but the likelihood of that happening is not very high. So you probably are going to need Chris Flexen to make at least a couple of starts this year if we're yeah. just trying to assume and play things safe here. Um, and we know that, you know, Marco's going to be leaving during the month of April uh, on the paternity list uh, for the birth of his uh, baby. Uh, that's expected next month. So there's one potential start there already for Flexen that you can mm. use that Bryce Miller... You know, Taylor Dollard, et cetera, probably not going to be ready to make when that happens. So, yeah, right. Flexen is very useful to the Mariners still. So, you, if you do trade him, you better be sure that whatever you're getting back from does help in some form or fashion, that it's actually a legitimate asset that you're adding. Um, or again, like Colby said, if you're just clearing the payroll, it better be because you're about to reinvest that money. Right. Uh, you can't just do it, wash your hands of flex and wash your hands of the money, get really nothing for him, and then just call it good. Can't do that. That's, yep. un that's unacceptable. All right. Last question of the, of the night comes from Dylan. Uh, ignoring logistics from what you've seen in the WBC so far, what country would you put an MLB expansion team in? I think the answer is pretty clearly Puerto the Rico. The US of A, baby. Yeah. Canada. <laughs> technically, <laughs> the, up there. technically, the US of A, because Puerto Rico. Yeah. is a territory there you go. not to get too political here. So I won't, but <laughs> you guys can probably guess my feelings on Puerto Rico statehood. But anyways, regardless of that, uh, yeah, Puerto Rico, uh, that that's a country that loves yeah. baseball. Uh, they are American. So like technically my answer is America. Um, uh, but when I look at like Japan, which has a great, you know, love for baseball, they have their own professional league and it's wildly popular. Korea has their own professional league and it's wildly popular. Um, and their trophy know, so is sick. Oh, it's amazing. The giant sword or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's so dope. That's I so don't, dope. <laughs> I don't think, you know, expansion to the year to Europe is is quite there yet. Maybe we're seeing some yeah. traction. Italy is, you know, is starting to to gain some traction. Great Britain got their first ever win today at the World Baseball Classic. So it's exciting to see the game expand in Europe as it is, but it's just not ready for a team. So to me, that leaves the Latin countries. So we're talking Venezuela, um, the Dominican Republic. Uh, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Panama, like, and to me, mm. the answer is obvious. It's, it's Puerto Rico. Um, yeah. I've, I've been pitching funny because like we've had this talk before and I said, if logistics weren't such a problem, my two expansion teams would be Puerto Rico and, and Montreal. Yeah. Um, but obviously logistics are a problem with having a major league team. How you have to build the stadium, you have to build facilities, you have to build the infrastructure and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but since we're not taking that into consideration, to me, the answer is Puerto Rico. And it's more travel costs for all the teams. Yep. And we know how cheap major league I mean, owners are. So how much further, how much more expensive is it really to go from like Tampa Bay to, to Puerto if Rico? If you told a major league owner that he'd have to spend one more extra dollar than he did the year past, he'd probably throw a fit. So yeah, probably. Yeah. 
Anyway, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidying Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's T-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.